feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Bogota, Matt. Yeah. Bogota. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, today we are reviewing Simon Kinberg's The 355 or The 355. I don't know how it's. I think it's the three fifty five, starring Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, uh, Diane Kruger, Lupita Nyong'o, Edgar Ramirez, Sebastian Stan, Fan Bingbing, um, and more. Uh, Eric, it's Matt, February, it but sure it is. certainly feels like January. <laughs> I mean, so, technically, the three fifty five is a january movie yeah. we just weren't able to review it until now well we could have but you know because theaters were closed here in ontario they just reopened as of january 31st so you can now go see the 355 if, if you want, you want. <laughs> and we saw this back in december so our recollection isn't probably as strong as it would have been coming out of the movie but for a spy thriller that is very much, you know, um, advocating for, you know, the 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 female driven genre within sort of the world of espionage. It's one of the most forgettable movies I think I've seen in recent memory, being that I can't remember much of it other than one line of, of uh, uh, text that was a subtitle that was hilariously placed in kind of like this establishing shot. And the line is he's got a pulse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't stop. There's some I can't unintentionally stop funny moments for sure. But there's also some stuff that's weirdly like kind of offensive. And like, there's this, we'll get into the plot in a second, but like, this is the stuff that like I actually remembered. And I know you went to the bathroom during the first time it's mentioned, but when they call back to it in the end uh, sequence and i'm not going to give anything away but it is referencing um an ancient chinese herb and the way oh, that chastain's right. character <laughs> references it in the the final sequence it's like ooh, that's like culturally insensitive in a weird way and yeah it's, yeah but essentially what you have here is a spy thriller that only works, and I say this only works if you've never seen a spy movie ever. Yeah. No, like you've never seen a Bond movie, you've never seen a Bourne film, you've never seen Mission Impossible, you've never seen the movie Spy, you've never seen Kingsman. Spy Hard, you've never nothing, any of them. That's the, the only way that this film works is if you you're going into the genre completely fresh. Yeah, because it does take from a lot of those movies and more, and it's just so the genre, derivative. and just the genre in in general, where it kind of just feels like a greatest hits without being the greatest part, just a hits, <laughs> not even well, it's a not hit. even the hits, but like a hit is in like a literal physical hit, but maybe not like a you know it's a you know the hits of the best parts, but like yeah, it 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 it's shockingly whatever. And, and I think that's embarrassing like, too because you yeah. have an incredible cast. Yeah. The I mean, these are some of the best actors working right now. Yeah. A yeah. lot of them are Oscar winners or Oscar nominees. And it's like 
you know, these these actors deserve so much better. And I, and I think where it comes down to the, the main problem with this is the script, which yeah. is co-written by uh, Simon Kinberg and uh, Teresa uh, Rebeck. And the script is just so generic and paint by numbers when it comes yeah. to sort of, you know, the kind of quintessential spy movie where you know you're globe trotting from you know one international location to another uh the idea is that you have or this film specifically the the MacGuffin is uh this hard drive that basically could start world war three and it's a doomsday device and it gets you know it, if it falls in the wrong hands and and those wrong hands could even be uh, the Americans. So, you know, it's, it's almost like a game of hot potato who has this, this hard drive and who keeps going to. And so you have, you know, Jessica Chastain's CIA uh, agent, who's kind of the, the, the focal point of this movie um, sort of, you know, being assigned with uh, her colleague and lackluster love interest, who's also uh, an agent played by Sebastian Stan to, uh, go to Paris, France, and find this thing, and and you know infiltrate this um, this other uh, you know this this I, I can't remember the name of the the the, the group, but Edgar Wright uh, Edgar Wright's Edgar <laughs> Ramirez's <laughs> that would be better if it was Edgar Wright Edgar Ramirez's um, uh, Colombian agent, um, and with that comes this really He's a weird, DNI agent. Yeah. This weird kind of contrived aspect of him needing a, a, a psychologist who's played by Penelope Cruz and her character really has no training in the field whatsoever and is kind of supposed to be an audience surrogate for you that when like, you know, the, these other, you know, agents team up, you, you've kind of are, are seeing it from the point of view of this character who's maybe, you know, learning as she goes along um and anyways they're supposed to get this this hard drive and things go awry and and you know again it kind of goes from one person to the next and they're going to places like marrakesh and shanghai and trying to get it back and all the places that they're going are places that have been used iconically in other spy movies as well. Like and that's a lot probably of the why they're featured, but it's not done in an interesting way. No. And a lot of the establishing shots when they have like <laughs> the text come up saying like Marrakesh or Shanghai or, you know, Paris or, or, or London, like, like you, you could look at that and, and like take a freeze frame of it and show it to somebody and say, what spy movie is this from? And you wouldn't be able to get it because, like, it could be from any movie. Yeah, like, there's and that goes to the action too. This. Like, even in all of the action, which is completely uninspired, and I remember it just being so incredibly forgettable and almost nauseating at times. And like with the quick cutting and and shaky cam. And uh, if I'm getting it correctly, again, it's been a little bit of uh, no. You're time, right because like, it's it's trying to cover up you know the poor action choreography. yes we that's talked, exactly now you're triggering it again. we talked like, a lot yeah. about this as well with with red notice where you yeah. could see that like any of the fight scenes weren't really well choreographed with the actors or the actors were you know scheduling wise maybe we're working on something else it would never let it breathe right yeah and so you're it's it's like that born kind of style of editing where like every but even seconds, more kind of sporadic because you have to kind of hide a lot of it. And yeah. I think that's what was so much so frustrating is like 
it's it's a lot of that samey kind of guns are shooting, you know, very pop up from cover, shoot some bullets, explode some stuff. And then when you get the hand to hand combat, they kind of have to hide the the actresses and, and kind of again. And I compared it to Kingsman just because it came out again. Kingsman, not a great movie. The Kingsman. Uh, I enjoyed it. You guys can check out our review. Uh, but I remember watching that movie and just being like, at least it was trying to do something different or creative or zany or wacky with the spy genre, which is what those Kingman, Kingsman movies have done. Um, and then the action sequences were fun where like, again, there was nothing, if they're not going to be fun, they need to be intense. And if like, or just kind of enjoyable to watch and nothing in this was, and, and getting a spy movie like the Kingsman, which was a prequel in a different era and, and showcasing the origins of a spy agency. Like, uh, I, I really seeing those movies back to back just made me go, Oh man, this movie, the three, five, five or the three fifty five weren't like did absolutely nothing for me. Like, again, it is just one of those kind of, you know, the cast is great, but you're kind of frustrated because they, they are great, but they're not really given that much to do. Uh, Other than exposition, which like Lupita Nyong'o, who's a retired uh, MI6 agent who's kind of brought back into uh, the field by Jessica Chastain's character is another one of those, you know, is sort of, you know, your your foot in the door when it comes to the tech stuff, but also is kind of that cliched character of, you know, having left the field because of uh, a a former kind of mission or case going wrong wrong, and, and, you know, dealing with trauma and so with that like it's just so cliched and you never kind of get any insight or 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 interest into the characters or even the social commentary of sort of the patriarchy how it treats women i mean you know like the films like paul feig's spy which is part spoof i think has more to say or even oceans eight which the the shanghai sequence kind of is very similar to absolutely the 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 met gala sequence in um oceans eight but even though oceans eight isn't a a great film it does have this one little moment of really like powerful insight when sandra bullock is talking to kate blanchett's character about how you know the best thing one of the one of the things that you know women have going for them in in the spy world is that you know they're they're invisible to begin with that you know they're not seen and it it also weirdly reminded me of like in men in black which is is also a a very is a better movie than than the 355 but in terms of like a popcorn movie there's a line that tommy lee jones has about saying like you know people are a person is smart it's people that are dumb that when you put people together that's when you lose kind of the individual and sort of the rationality of things. And I always love that kind of like sort of interjection of intelligence in, you know, a big blockbuster popcorn movie, even if it's just like one little moment, the 355 is trying to be that through the entire thing. And it fails miserably as a social commentary, um, as an accessible spy film, uh, as a, as an acting piece as a fun or, popcorn movie <laughs> diane diane kruger i think is the best in terms of like being completely both physically and emotionally committed to the role and i kind of wish that 
like she had her own action franchise because I buy her the most out yeah. of this cast is like, you know, a, a hardened spy who also has her own backstory of turning in her father, who was a KGB agent. And, you know, like that stuff, I think is again, cliched, but at least there's something there. And, and like, I really think she's a, a, a great kind of physical actor and, the rest of the cast, it just, they're so lost. And I was embarrassed for like Penelope Cruz doing during this auction sequence specifically. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, why is the script so contrived to get her into every yeah. single, you know, travel sequence that they're in? It's like, at, at some point it's like, you, you don't need this character anymore. Yeah. And you keep using the word cliched. And I think that kind of, you know, it's the only word I can think of that is like no, and I don't mean that as an insult, but that's the perfect word for this movie because there's even an unintentionally funny moment where I think I made you laugh because like it's so predictable as oh, well. That's because that's if you thing. like, if you if, don't see a character die on screen, <laughs> they're going to come back, and, and it's that's just another like, thing that Spy does so well. And that's what I mean when it's a satire. I, I think you can be a better spy movie, and it's funnier, and it's just more enjoyable. And it's something that's it's so self serious in this, and like takes itself again. Say I'm repeating myself, but it takes itself so seriously. That when these moments, and if you've seen any spy movie, you know exactly how this movie is going to play out. Um, but if you're going to do these things, you need to do them in creative ways. And that's when we go back to uninspired or cliche ridden and things like that, because it's just like a, it's just going from point A to point B to point C to point D. Like it's not doing anything different. So you can literally go, okay, when we get to point Y, I know that's coming. And then it's treated as a big reveal each time it happens. And I remember fake oh, yeah. going, Oh my God, what? At I like did not see that one coming. Yeah. And then that's kind of the thing where you don't want to be unintentionally going like, come on guys. Like even if you're going to do that, like you need to kind of find an interesting way to do it or a, you know, a ridiculous way or whatever. But like the way that it's done is so like, oh my God, guys, I could have told you that 45 minutes ago. Why even bother? Like reintroduce that person earlier or make it a little bit more interesting or like, I don't know, the way that it's done. And like you said, it's just like, there's tons of those moments where you're like, if you're just watching the movie, I can't fathom how you wouldn't see that coming unless or, or you haven't like seen that, a like spy movie before ever. that's the only way that this thing works and then even after that scene that you're mentioning where like you know you <laughs> you added the only levity to the film um there's a moment where totally even the moment you said with the herb is very predictable too, yeah so. but and and again culturally weirdly yeah. insensitive um but like there's a moment that is i think a reference to point break where jessica chastain's character fires the gun away from her target in in kind of rage and 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 she can't really like bring herself to kind of do it in this moment and i mean that movie is fun and exciting and kind of you know deconstructed by a woman <laughs> exactly and that's the other thing as well which simon kinberg so fascinating like... jessica chastain's also a producer on this uh freckle films is her production company that kind of helped spearhead this thing and it's been in development for a while now there was a, um a can film festival a few years ago where they were promoting this and sort of you know getting the the cast and crew together and um and 
you could have picked anybody to direct this film, like anyone. And I don't understand why Chastain was like, you know what? I would Simon really like Kinberg. to work with uh, my X-Men Dark Phoenix director again. You know, the guy who directed me in probably one of the most forgettable superhero movies ever made. So it's just, it's a weird choice. And again, it's not even saying that like a man can't direct can't, but the guy a, who, a who wrote fantastic four and triple x state of the union and you know x-men apocalypse and directed dark phoenix and like it's just he it was a very weird choice he's a journeyman very- director at best and he's more of a probably a jobber if anything else but like it yeah it's just it's just it's such a strange pick for a film that has a greater ambition than the director's you know, track record. Yeah. You know, not saying that he couldn't have done it, but like, obviously Jessica Chastain seems to be a very conscientious person when it comes to who she works with on projects and who fits best for a, a film. And I don't understand really what the reasoning was to go with Kinberg. I really don't. I I, I think that it's just a very generic, action movie that is both um incoherent at times in terms of how the action is directed but even just its insights are completely lacking even though it thinks it's saying something intelligent Mm -hmm. i agree Uh, i'm gonna give it a a one i I really don't think (laughs) like i i don't know yeah one i'll just give it a two yeah, no, I don't think it's even that's worthy default, of a one, but that's fair. Yeah, I think a, I think a, a one has to be like like a truly it's pretty bad, memorable. But, like, yeah, but 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 it's but not a like, memorably memorably bad movie. You're saying no, yeah, because yeah, I think like a one star. It's like oh, you you remember? I always talk about this when I'm writing reviews. Uh, I don't even know what the, did I give it on the one star or? movies and the five star films are always the easiest to write. The ones that are the hardest to write are the movies that are like two to three the middle of the road films what i don't think it's I even worthy it? of a one star i have to go back to my notes because i did review it I, I did give it a two so i'm being harsher on it now you know what i'll even it in the middle it's a one and a half for me so it, i agree with you eric not as bad to be that memorable as a one i gave it a two originally when i saw it back in um uh december as we're talking about it now i'm like i can't i will i will never I hate being very, very harsh, but like, I will never think of this movie ever again. Oh, and it didn't have to be two hours and two minutes. Like, I don't Isn't understand why. Maybe it was. I mean, it, on IMDb, it says two hours and two minutes, but I don't understand why the film is over two hours long. I mean, a uh, lot of yeah. spy movies are over long to begin with. Like, even the most recent Bond movie, which we both liked, I think like in general, you know, you get very convoluted with the script and things get overly complicated. Again, I'll go back to good movie, good movie, bad movie, bad movie. Uh, yeah. 122 minutes, which is two hours and two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. Which and it doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be. It, yeah, it does. It, it um, truly feels, and it was so cold in that theater too. So. Oh yeah. You're making, you're taking me back, Eric. Yeah. yeah. It was freezing. Uh, that and West side story, both at the Scotiabank were just absolutely freezing. Okay. Uh, thank you everyone for watching or listening. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. We have more reviews. We would love for you guys to check out 
right now we have a review up for Pam and Tommy, also starring Sebastian Stan. We didn't even talk about him in this barely because so memorable. Know, he's there. He's much better in Pam and Tommy. So go check that out and listen to our review. Uh, we both really enjoyed it, but had a great, I think a great discussion on that series. So you guys should go check that out. Uh, Murderville. Uh, Yellow Jackets, Peacemaker, uh, uh, Book of Boba Fett. We've talked about a ton of TV shows lately because theaters just opened up. Uh, and because they're opening back up, we will have reviews for Scream, Five Jackass Green. Forever, yeah, uh, and more. So those are all over on the Untitled Movie Reviews channel. Uh, over on Untitled Movie Podcast, we have a new episode, episode 113, with Gregory James Miller of Kind of Funny um game over greggy over on twitter you guys might know him from there might know him from his video game background uh but i know him very well from kind of funny so uh he came on the show we talked about him being a new dad uh how much he loves ghostbusters and how much he wants his son to love ghostbusters uh, whether he's going to show him real ghostbusters first or afterlife first so that was a fun conversation uh what he thought of the eternals because he wasn't on the kind of funny review because he was on pat leave uh, we talked about video game adaptations and how we think The Last of Us will probably be the first great one, hopefully, knock on wood. Uh, so really, really great conversations with Greg. So uh, one of our shorter episodes, it was only like 56 minutes. So uh, very palatable for those who don't want to listen to us for three hours. So go check that out. Uh, YouTube, podcast services, uh, one-stop shop, untitled underscore movies over on Letterboxd. Uh, you guys can just check out all the YouTube links, everything over there. That's probably your easiest spot to find everything. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on RogersTV.com slash CinemaScene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. He's got a pulse.